Imagine how it would feel to go into labor confident that it's going to be a calm and beautiful process. Hi, I'm Steph, and this is the Original Design Podcast. Wherever you plan to birth, this podcast can help you prepare more deeply for your labor. In each episode, you'll hear uplifting birth stories from amazing women. When they share their stories, you witness through your mirror neurons on a subconscious level that your authentic desires for birth are possible too. And it builds faith, especially when they share about their upbringing and any obstacles that they overcame along the way. So by tuning into this podcast, you're expanding your belief in your ability to birth. And by pressing play, you've already started the process of living out your original design. If you enjoy this episode, please take a moment to leave a review, comment, and share it with a friend that's struggling or could really benefit from the information you're about to hear. Uh, Welcome back to the Original Design Podcast. I'm here with Jess, and today we're going to hear about the birth of her fifth child, Harrison. So thanks so much for coming on the show, um, Jess. You're welcome. Yeah, so um, Jess is based in Thailand. Um, She lives there with her husband, Chris, and, and her five kids. And um, and today she's going to share about her um, what I, I've heard the story once before and um, what I believe is quite a speedy, speedy birth. Um, so could you um, start off by just telling us a little bit about um, were you believing for anything specific for this birth? Um, maybe, you know, after having experiences with your last four kids, you know, were you, ex- you were expecting anything um, or believing yeah. for anything um, different this time around? Uh, well, we moved to Thailand when I was seven months pregnant. Mm. Uh, we had started to, the process to move before we found out we were pregnant. Um, and we just prayed on it and just felt like there's never really a great time to do something like this. So <laughs> let's just go. We had peace to go and um, just trust that God would make a way for a safe and healthy birth. Yeah. Um, we did come here and we were really hoping for a home birth. Um, I had four hospital births and um, not really great experiences. Um, mm. But, yeah, just really had our hearts set on a home birth. Mm. But once we were here, we asked around um, lives and you think that home births would be really popular in Thailand, but they're really not. So there was mm. no mid as we heard that it's really hard to get the birth registered if you have a home birth. And yeah, uh, yeah, we just didn't really have any support in that way. So we checked out the hospitals and um, there's three hospitals here and they all don't allow your husband to be part of the birth. So Whoa. that was really Yeah, there was the government hospital here, which you can imagine what a – Thailand government hospital would look like. I think I cried the first time I walked through there. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> they did offer a natural birth program where um, if you did their training for four classes and if everything was going well, you weren't high risk, that your husband could possibly stay in the room with you. So we had booked ourselves into that 
Um, but still the whole, whole time our heart desire was to have a home birth. Mm. And yeah. what was, um, you know, what was Chris's like perspective on wanting to be part of the birth? Like, was that kind of a non-negotiable for him? Like he was like, oh, well, of course yeah. I want to be on, in the room with you. Like what, what was that? Yeah, for sure. Um, and especially because we were uh, just adjusting to a different culture here. Mm. Um, yeah, we kind of like, there's no way that he wasn't going to be there. You know, totally. Even if we're yeah. at the hospital, I think he would have broke down the door to come in. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been for all the other births and you know it's part of his um journey into having another child as well so mm. it was really important for him to be there yeah absolutely um and yeah. were your other just to clarify were your other four hospital births mm. in australia so this was your first one over yes seconds. okay yeah yeah, yeah so they're in australia yeah yeah wow okay and so for yeah. the actual so you want you were desiring like a home birth a natural birth yeah um, yeah. were, were there any other parts of, you know, maybe things you experienced with your four, with your four previous births, like without, you know, going into unnecessary detail, but, you know, like anything that you were specifically like, oh, I really want this this time? Yeah. Uh, well, all of my babies are big babies. My smallest was eight and a half pounds and then they went up to my third and fourth were around 10 pounds, 10 and a half. Yeah. And I go like at least 10 days over. Yeah. Um, so that's always kind of put me in the high risk area. But mm. in all of that, I was able to have um, natural birth. So, you know, that was a good uh, plus as well. But, um, yeah, this time I think I just wanted to be kind of left alone. There was always a lot of, like, monitoring and mm. which kind of restricts the positions you can give birth in and just a lot of fear. Mm. Um, I remember my fourth baby, um, yeah. I was in hospital and they put a, a face washer over my eyes because they needed all the lights on. Because same thing, she was um, a big baby, I was overdue and... Um, after I'd given birth, I took the face washer off and there was like, I think about eight nurses and doctors in the room and I just felt like, oh, this isn't how I wanted it. I just wanted it to be, mm. you know, relaxed and peaceful. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. So after that, like we're really grateful um, for the options of having hospitals and things mm. um, or when things go wrong. But yeah, uh, when for me, when I had a history of, large babies late babies but healthy babies I would have liked to have just been able to trust my body and yeah just to kind of have it a more um, peaceful time of delivery yeah absolutely um yeah. okay well then why don't we talk a little bit about the actual day that you went into labor um so yeah. you know you kind of you said you know you usually go about 10 days over with Harrison mm. was it a similar case you know yeah um, it was sorry yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the day like? Yeah. Yeah, well, I was actually, I think, 12 days over for him and mm. I went into the hospital um, on my due date. I actually got food poisoning here. So I was oh, like no. in a world of pain thinking, I don't want to go into labour now. But I went in for a checkup and um, they wanted to give me a cesarean. They said, yeah. It's your due date. You've got a big baby. And I said, no, I don't want a cesarean. I don't need one. Um, and they wanted to just do any internal and 
check everything and I said, oh, okay. And as they were preparing to do that, they put like a sheet on the bed which was covered in fresh blood. So <laughs> at that oh. point I was like, no, I'm not going to have anything done here. Mm. So I just went home and um, was just really praying, God, what is your heart for this birth? And I just uh, all day, every day, just in the scriptures and everything that would jump out of me was about his power. Mm. Uh, so like we were saying, trust in my power, trust in my power day after day. So I got mm. to being 10 days overdue and I was kind of expecting to go into labour mm. um, because that's kind of my pattern, nine or 10 days. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I'd pass that day. And I was still like, oh, even now I was getting a bit nervous because I knew it was the biggest baby that we were having. Um, and just the more children you have, statistically, the higher risk you are, all of those things. So I started to get a bit worried, but I just couldn't get past that God was speaking to me so clearly to just trust in his power. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the um, day I went into labour, I remember that morning just mm-hmm. talking to a friend saying, if I go to the hospital for an induction, I know I'm going to miss out on seeing the power of God. Um, so I just was like, I'll just put it off. I'll just keep waiting, believing. Mm. And then um, that night I was having dinner with the family and I'd been having contractions on and off for about a week, mm. which is apparently normal the more children you have. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of frustrating because every time you're like, is this it? And then it would, wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but with Harrison, yeah, I was having dinner with the family and pretty much straight after dinner, maybe around 7 o'clock, I started having regular contractions sort of every 10 minutes. Wow. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's how all of that started. Mm. Okay, and then when did you really, so it was, was it when you got the regular contractions that you were like, okay, this is happening tonight, this is happening now? Or when did yeah. you really know it was, a, this is real? Yeah, I think that's when I started having the every 10 minutes and when they were really increasing in intensity. Yeah. I think like even with baby number five, it was still like, oh, is this it? I don't know. But then once you really hit into, okay, this is really it, I think you just know the contractions mm. are different. Yeah, so I started and yeah, knowing that it was going to happen. It was going to happen. And then where were you, yeah. like in your home? Um, what What yeah. positions were you doing? What kind of things were you doing? Like, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I was at home. Uh, we actually were house sharing with another family that had um, a one-year-old. So their family lived upstairs and our family lived downstairs. They were missionaries returning back to America. Mm. Um, so we house shared for a couple of months. Um, so I was kind of just walking around on my feet um, for my other four births. I needed to have my waters broken before I actually was able to deliver. Um, so that was kind of just something even friends were praying for me that my waters would just rupture on their mm. own. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was on my feet just trying to help that happen, walking around and things. Mm. Um, but I got pretty tired because I just had a really sort of difficult pregnancy towards the end, carrying mm. a heavy baby, being my fifth baby. The body doesn't hold together quite as well as it used to. Um, so then... And he'd had food poisoning. Was, yeah, I had food oh, poisoning. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the best time for me. Yeah. Um, so I think around 11 o'clock, 
I said to Chris, oh, I'm just going to jump into bed and just try and sleep for a little bit, mm. even if I sleep in between contractions. Um, my other four births would uh, probably be from about that stage to when I have the baby at least 24 hours. So I still felt like I had ample time up my sleeve. I wanted to make sure I had as much rest and strength as possible. Mm. So, yeah, I went into bed and as soon as I lied down, I think I was there for 10 minutes and it started to ramp up even more. So I just said to Chris, oh, it's just getting a little bit uncomfortable now. Maybe I'll jump in the shower and have the hot water on mm. my back. Mm. Yeah, so that's where we headed to. Um, Chris got a little stool in the shower, so I was able to um, just sit down in between contractions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So from there... Um, yeah, it's all a bit of a blur, but I had a, a friend who was um, going to come to the hospital and translate for me, and she was also a photographer, so she mm. was going to film, uh, photograph the birth. Mm. But I remember just being at home and um, just having so much peace. And we had always said to our family and friends, oh, we'll decide whether to stay at home and try and do it ourselves or whether to go to the hospital. We'll just decide in the moment. We'll know what's right. Yeah. Um, but I didn't even have that thought. I just remember having a moment of just feeling complete peace. And it's almost like God just blocked out that option mm, to go to mm. the hospital. Yeah. Um, so the contractions just started to get a little bit more um, intense. And I would just stand up for contractions, um, sit down on the stool in between. Yeah. Uh, but we really. Like compared to my other births, I thought, oh, I think it's just starting to just get into the uncomfortable stage. So mm. in my mind, I still had like hours and hours and hours to go. Yeah. Um, and then it was around, so I went in the shower around 11, around quarter past 12, I think it was. I was standing up for a contraction and then mm. my waters just broke. And it wow. shocked both of us because I've never had that happen before. Um, and I knew as soon as my waters broke, that's it. <laughs> the baby's yep. coming. So, yep. You know, we've had so many babies. Um, there's not a lot stopping the baby from coming out. So, that's um, yeah, as soon as the waters broke, I could feel him starting to descend. And I said to Chris, he started to crown and Chris was like, <laughs> okay, I'm like, no, he's starting to crown. And Chris checked and he could feel already that his head was right there. Wow. Um, oh, my goodness. And so, yeah, it was just the, the next contraction, his head came out. Wow. Um, and I just had so much peace. Like, Chris was just amazing. I was standing up. The shower was on me and he just got down on his knees. And I think because he had so much confidence, which I'm guessing just came from God because he's never delivered a baby. Um, <laughs> once the baby was out, I knew Chris was there, like just checking to there's no cord around the neck or anything. And then the next contraction, he came fully out. So I think between my waters breaking to him actually coming out was just maybe two, three contractions. Wow. So, yeah, that was oh, how. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's amazing. And um, yeah. when 
when I heard Chris um, tell this story briefly um, over New Year's, yeah. um, he he really emphasised the fact that he has no medical training and like this yeah. is it's not him at all, you know, to take that role. Sure. But he he just felt yeah. like the Holy Spirit was um, just instructing yeah. his hands, which yeah. I thought was really really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We just had wow. complete peace, and we were kind of like, oh, you should really study up on this just in case. And but we didn't even have the hospital bag packed. We were just so <laughs> off from moving our family to a different culture. Like, yeah, so it was life was such a mess, and we yeah. had so many issues with visas. My mm. husband got told we were going to be kicked out of the country. We didn't know where we were going to birth. Like there was just so much um, stress in that mm. first couple of months. So mm. um, I remember once my son came out, we were just like, oh. Just such this relief and just this joy filled the room. Mm. Um, yeah, and I remembered that probably 15 or 20 minutes earlier than that, I had this thought that I should call my friend who's going to photograph. And I thought, oh, no, I still have hours to go. Mm. But um, my husband yeah. did call a little bit later. Yeah, she turned up five minutes later to find out we had already had the baby. We... <laughs> Got our kids up out of bed. They were super excited. They came into the bathroom. Yeah, so it was just, yeah, so much joy. The lady that was staying with us, a friend of mine, came downstairs and she was there and just praying for their new baby. So, yeah, it was a really, really beautiful gift from God that even in the face of moving with four kids, seven months Mm -hmm. pregnant, moving Mm -hmm. to the unknown, that he just really honoured. Mm. and bless what was on our heart mm. yeah. oh my goodness yeah. that is so beautiful wow yeah. Yeah. wow that's wonderful yeah. yeah so it's still something we look back on and definitely the greatest experience of our life was um his birth so wow. yeah it's just such a beautiful time for our marriage as well it was yeah. a real struggle for in just so many different areas up until that point. So Mm. it was really a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful time. Yeah, just to be able to do that together. Yeah. 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 And that's what, if I could have really picked it, I wouldn't have had midwives. It just would have been me, Chris, and God present. Mm. That's really what I wanted. So, yeah, Mm. that was just great. Wow. Yeah. Um, and what would you say what would you say to someone who maybe is about to have like their first baby um you know maybe they they might not live um you know in a third world country or in thailand or you know they might just live in australia or america or something like that but what would you say to someone like as though you're going back as and speaking to yourself you know when you are about to have your first baby like yeah, you know, going back with the fact that you've experienced such peace and joy in, you know, in the birth of your fifth child, what would you say? Yeah, I think I would um, just say to really trust your body. Um, I would recommend like just really researching um, how God has designed women to give birth, and mm. um, even just for a release in hormones and things that you get throughout the birth. Um, actually. You know, and for this last baby, 
um, not having any medical intervention, being able to stand up and give birth, which I didn't plan on it, but it's just what was comfortable for my body. Yeah. I can honestly say that, like, I don't even know if I felt pain. Like, I felt pressure and this intensity, but there wasn't the pain like I remember the last ones where I had to lie on my back and had to be monitored and all of this stuff. So mm. I think, like... Um, but I'd also done a lot more research into it as well. So I was, I had more confidence in my body yeah. um, that God's actually created us for this. He's actually assisted in what would be a painful experience by releasing hormones. And I was really adamant for this birth that through every contraction, I just really focused on the face of Jesus. Mm. And so every contraction I would um, just enter into his presence even greater so, yeah, I think just really um, trust that you're designed for this. Um, be researching. I think for me it gave me a lot of confidence in my body. Yeah. And just um, cling to God as you mm. approach the um, delivery day is just really cling to um, intimacy with him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really, that's beautiful. Lots of wisdom in those words, absolutely. Um, and what was your experience like after the birth, um, the postpartum um, few, you know, the few days, few weeks afterwards? Um, yeah. You know, you've got, you're in Thailand, you've got four other kids, you know, what did that kind of journey look like? Yeah, I think um, uh, because the first few months, couple of months before giving birth, it was just like a real shock. Mm. Um, I just really was able to just push down a lot of emotions, just keep running and pressing on. And, mm. you know, after I gave birth and there was that season of just kind of rest at home, yeah. um, not a lot of distractions, couldn't go anywhere. I think it all sort of caught up on me then. So yeah. it was a really um, tough season that for our last baby, we were in Australia and I think for six weeks, solid we had people cooking meals for us coming by every day I think there wasn't a day went by that we didn't have at least two visitors wow so Mm -hmm. um, yeah from there to being like in a country with no family no friends and just kind of the reality I think really sunk in so Mm -hmm. well yeah I often say that it's in those seasons that um, it's the worst of times, but the best of times as well when you mm. journey it with God. Um, I think through that season, like I just, God was just so good to me that um, His presence was even stronger in my life. As I read the Bible, He was speaking even clearer. Mm. Um, yeah, so what was a really tough season, um, just not so much about the birth, but just. The, the whole move and living mm. in a different culture brought up in me. Yeah, it was also just a really beautiful season of learning who the father is even more. And I look at where I am now and think, gosh, if I hadn't have had that time, there would be so much revelation that I would have missed out on. Mm. And I've actually found that with our fourth child as well, like for someone who's a real go-getter, to actually just stop after birth and to just, do nothing more than to nurture your child and to just commune with God is a really rare thing to be able to do in your mm-hmm. life. There's mm-hmm. always pressure concerns and things that need doing. 
and I remember that time after my fourth child as well just learning so much about God's heart and I think gosh if I hadn't have had these babies I wouldn't have stopped like that I wouldn't mm-hmm. have taken the time to just really um seek him undistractedly and yeah so um mm. yeah it's a real good um thing to not rush I think I have with other births as well just mm. to think like oh, okay the baby's out now that's the end of that season let's move on to parenting mm. but to actually give you um self time to recover mm. you know it's a huge physical emotional thing that you've gone through so to just um, have lots of grace for yourself mm. that it's okay to still not be on top, you know, mm. I think to trying to be on top and conquering and all of that, which is great. But there's also seasons to just rest and to just be in whatever state you're in and God will come and be in there with you. Mm. I love that, to be in whatever state you're in and God will meet you there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's so true. Yeah. There's such a temptation to um to just get back into it and just yeah. move move back to the intensity of yeah. of what everyday life can be, but I love yeah. how you just like yeah, allowed yourself to carve out that little pocket of time. Um mm. and yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Like when sometimes when it's when we stop that we realize what we were carrying yeah. like for those previous sure. few months, like yeah it's often when we stop that we can actually you know be able to process that stuff and yeah yeah wow Mm. like Chris and I even before we were Christians we did a lot Mm. of community work and we just kept running our whole life and Mm. then becoming Christians and God wants us to live a victorious life and do great things but yeah it's okay to have seasons where you're not in that Mm. And I think it took me a little while to have peace about that. To yeah. be like, you know what, like right now I'm not doing okay and that's mm. okay because mm-hmm. God's close to the brokenhearted. Mm. You know, like I always kind of saw those scriptures as being for the lost and things like yeah. that. But yeah. you know, I think as well we can fight what we're actually feeling instead of just being like, no, this is just the season I'm in and yeah, just allowing God to come in there and realizing that we actually don't need to fight. We don't need to press on. Sometimes we can just be in rest mm. and just allow to carry us through that mm. season. Yeah. So that was a real pivotal point for us when we're constantly wanting to run, mm. you know, to be like, it's not, it's not a weakness to be struggling, you know, like if yeah. you're having a that is really hard that is really challenging mm. it's not weakness to God it's an opportunity for him to come in and father us through that season oh my goodness that's so good yeah. yes oh my goodness that is just brilliant yeah. wow yes it's like you've it's like you've heard his heart around this and you're able to express it so like so well and I yeah, just feel good. every word you say that's just yeah. Oh, wow. good. It's really clear that you have such like an experiential understanding of this. Yeah. Mm, of his um kindness and his um yeah. graciousness to us in whatever season or feelings we're in. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um yeah. so I think what else did I want to ask you? Um 
Hmm. Could you actually? I sent you a list beforehand, but this wasn't yeah. on it. But yeah. could you tell me just a favorite parenting values? Because you know, being a big family, um, what are some of the things yeah. that are really dear to the way that you live your day to day life with your family? Yeah, sure. Um, we homeschool our kids as well, so we're with our kids. 24-7, which can mm. be a great thing yeah. <laughs> and can also be a really challenging thing too. Yeah, so absolutely. It's something that uh, we're just always, God, just give us wisdom. Mm. You know, you're always worried, am I going to ruin my children's life? Yeah, <laughs> you know, God's bigger than your greatest mistakes as well. Mm. Um, but something Chris and I always talk about and remind each other is that um, – we look for their heart attitude, you know, like mm. it's very easy when you're with your kids all the time to find every fault that they do and correct every fault. But mm. going, like, is this just them being kids or is there a heart issue that we need to address? So mm. try not to look at the behaviour and mm. the behaviour, but go back to, like, what is causing that behaviour, you know? Mm. Absolutely. That's really uh, right. Mm. Yeah. We also put our relationship with them um, in the context of parenting. We make sure our relationship with them is the most important thing so that no matter what they do, even if they make the worst decision, the biggest mess of life, that they know that that's not enough to break relationship with us. That, wow. Um, Mm. Yeah, we just really spend a lot of time building into that. Um, so even with five kids, we make it a priority that we do special one-on-one time where we might take them to a cafe. And it might be like for one child, it might be once every two months because we are busy with ministry and stuff as well. But mm. we just want to show them that my relationship with you as an individual is so important. And to really build into that, like right from birth, I remember mm. before we were Christians and we had our first couple, our first two kids, like I worked a lot during that season and mm. I just in my mind thought, oh, there's plenty of time and they don't need me so much now. But really like it starts from when they're a baby, like that mm. you can um, just be with them and build into that relationship. And mm. our oldest is almost 11. So our yeah. hope is by the time um, she and our other children hit the teenager years or young adults where they're going through struggles that because we have the relationship with them that they would allow us to journey those struggles with them. So, mm. yeah, just intentionally keeping that heart connection with them um, and just always coming back to what is their, what is their heart in all of this? you know, mm. are being naughty because they're actually really struggling with something or, mm. you know, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love I love how you emphasise, um, yeah, what you said at the start, that mm. there's nothing that they can do that will, like, basically break that sense of yeah. um, that they belong, you know, that they belong yeah. in the family yeah. with you, that it's not about yeah. their actions so much as, like, that they just belong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Wow. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, well, I think I'll just jump to the last three kind of questions that I ask um, each mm-hmm. of our guests. 
and yeah. they're a bit a little bit more lighthearted. Um, yeah. So the first one is: Was there any particular item that you bought for, or you were given um, for, you know, that you've really valued? Um, something that maybe is just a few hundred dollars, like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think um, I well before having a bunch of children, I was a ballet teacher and a Pilates instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the Pilates football. Is amazing during pregnancy. Um, like it's a safe way to exercise, and then mm. also during labour, mm. um, after having the baby. Yeah, so that's a really good, um, inexpensive item that I think um, is yeah really beneficial to women and their um, their pelvic health as well. Mm. Um, and then my number one favourite thing, which I never had up until my fifth baby was a really good like feeding chair uh when yes. we we're in Thailand the uh people who lived in the house before us they had a one-year-old and she had brought this beautiful recliner so comfortable and that was the first time I actually had a really good comfortable feeding chair and yes. even for pregnancy because I would have reflux and I couldn't lie down properly like just to be able to sleep in the recliner so mm. Uh, yeah, I remember thinking, oh, I wish I had done this for my other four babies. But yeah. I'm kind of a bit practical, like, oh, it's okay, I've got a couch or whatever. But, yeah, to have a really good feeding chair just mm. made the world a Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, and would, do you have any particular advice? We've touched on it a little bit regarding postpartum and, um, yeah. you know, you said that in your other births, like, people would, bring around food and um, that sort of thing you didn't have that so much this time but what would be some practical things just maybe for first-time mothers that you'd say you know yeah that they might do yeah sure well I uh, with my other births I would uh, make meals and freeze them ahead of time Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really handy Um, but also like I know a lot of people now can just sort of message friends and family and just ask them to bring a meal. Um, yeah, I think that was like a really big blessing. Um, not even, even when we only had one or two kids, it was still really nice to not have to cook that dinner meal. Yeah. Every night. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's a huge thing. Um, yeah, and just allow people to help. Like, mm. I'm really bad at this and I'm still really bad. I need to get better. But people <laughs> always offer. They say, let me know if I can do anything to help. And so I'm true. Like, they do say oh, that pretty. And they yeah. do. And I'm always like, that's so kind of them, but I never do, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, even preparing to move back to Australia, I was up one night just like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to even set up life again, you know, like. We're already tired and exhausted. We're moving back. People think, oh, everything's going to be great because you're moving back home. But it's like, no, we're moving back to start life again from scratch with five young kids, you know. Mm. That doesn't excite me. And yeah. so I was up one night just like trying to plan it all even. My baby, my one-and-a-half-year-old, doesn't like wearing shoes, but we're going into winter. He has to wear shoes. Like, <laughs> all of those shoes <laughs> that just occupy your time at 2 a.m. Um, and then I was talking to a friend and she's like why didn't you tell me you need help with this 
you know, she's one of those Mm. who's always offered, let me know if I can help. And so then I get a message back from her saying, write down the list of all the things you need to fill a house. So I wrote them down, like couches, beds, all of that. Mm. And she's like almost got all of it. (gasps) You know, she's just messaged a bunch of churches. And I'm like, oh, so to just offer, like just to accept someone's help, yeah, makes wow. a world of difference. Yeah, so all of those people that have offered, let me know if I can help in any way. Like, actually, take them up on it. You know, be like, ah, oh, it would be really great if you could come and just hang out with me for a couple of hours, so I'm not, you know, on my own with mm-hmm. a baby. Or if you could just come and bring me a meal, or just sweep my floors. You know, mm-hmm. it's just for such a short season of time. So it's okay to accept help and it really does make the world a difference. Mm. And I think if you look back to um, how God really wanted us to live in community and so much of the world does this well, but in Australia and that, it's, you know, we can be very separate. Mm. But we, I think God's heart is that we would be so close in community with people and with relatives. We see it a lot in Thailand, in the villages, like they all just sleep under the one roof Mm. and they all just look after each other's kids and one will be looking after the kids while the other's cleaning. But Mm. for us in Australia, it can be very isolating. Mm. So you actually have to intentionally draw people into that community and it's actually giving them a chance to bless you, which God will then bless them in return. So. For someone who doesn't like to receive help, I have to think, like, it's okay, like, this is God's heart. Mm. I need for a season, you know. We're always so focused on pouring out, but actually I mm. need, and God's going to bless those who will pour into me during this season. Mm. That's so true, yeah. Yeah, yeah I find it super humbling because I just had my um, second um, child yeah. and just, yeah, super mm. humbling to see how many yeah. people want to give. And yeah, when sure. they give um the joy it brings them as well it's like oh man yeah absolutely yeah and for anyone who does listen to this podcast that um, aren't christians or aren't involved in a church like we did our first three children not Mm. christians and oh gosh like i was so lonely Mm. you know the babies so i would have done anything to have been in a christian community and so i know that like now that I know what it is to be a Christian and to be involved in a church, that you don't actually even have to be a Christian yourself to plug in and to be able to just do this tough season, you know, mm. closely with people who will love and support you through it. Mm. That's so true. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That's really, really true. Mm. Um, well, the last thing that I want to ask is um, if you had a billboard that women who were pregnant would see what what message would you put on the billboard yeah good question i'd probably have something like trust in your body you were designed for this Mm. trust in your body yeah you were designed for this the more you do research about what actually happens physically in your body you're like god you were so good that you Mm. would actually design us to do this and same with breastfeeding as well like Mm. it's a miracle you know Mm. and he Mm. actually has prepared us for this that it's nothing to be fearful of 
Um, but it's actually a really beautiful experience that us as women are so blessed to be able to go through. Yeah, that's so true. Wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about the birth of your fifth child and so many amazing little nuggets of wisdom in there. And I feel like I could be asking you a whole lot more questions especially about parenting and about everything, all the, all the things that I have ahead of me, just personally in my life. <laughs> but um, I think we'll leave it there for today. But, um, yeah, thank you so much. Oh, you're and, welcome. Um, Thanks for giving me the opportunity to share at something. Yeah. Uh, we're really passionate about our ministry in Thailand is um, helping single pregnant mums. So, wow. yeah, this is my passion as well is to be able to just, in mm. childbirth and being mums so I mm. see the real honor to be able to share this oh, thank you yeah I feel like there's a real key for changing culture in actually assisting yeah. mothers to be able to just be empowered in that process birth to parenthood yeah. so yeah. yeah oh so good well thanks so much again Jess give my love to Chris and the kids and yeah. I'll speak to you soon thank you